What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Exmos All. I have a guest sitting here with me that I literally am so excited to talk to. We were just chatting off mic and you just like casually brought up something that just like made my ears like perk up. But welcome to the podcast, Lauren Skay, the Zen Blonde. How are you doing? Oh my God, Christy, I'm so excited to be here with you. And I feel like the last time we hung out was the best time. And so I just feel like we need to do it again soon in LA. Um, but I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You are literally an icon in this space. Like not only are, not only are you like famous on TikTok because you have like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of followers, but like you're also famous on Instagram. I feel like you're basically part of the Bravo community. Like I feel like Andy Cohen may or may not know who you are at this point, just because your presence in the Bravo sphere is so electric and like you're friends with Ryan Bailey. And I feel like you guys are the type of people that like I aspire to be like, cause like in some which way, and I'm very curious to hear about your origin story and like how you kind of got into this. Cause we never actually talked about it, but it's so interesting to me cause you work like a full-time job, right? Yeah. I work a, a job um, in marketing for a Japanese companies. So I actually was like learn Japanese for work and do really boring stuff in Excel. So all the Bravo stuff is my, um, my like outlet, but babe, like you're not aspirational. You're in the crew. You just live in OC. I know. Oh my gosh. Thank you very much. I mean, so I want to tell the listeners about like our origin story. So I would hear a lot about you through Emily of the, it's become a whole thing podcast. And I remember she'd always refer to you in the Slack channel. And funny enough, I was FaceTiming with her and Tori from ready to be petty last week. And we were talking about how much we liked you. And I was like, oh, you know, Lauren from the Zen is coming on the podcast next week, blah, blah, blah. And Emily was saying, she's like, you know what? When we started that Slack channel, I had asked Lauren to be a part of it. But I think she, you were like, honestly, there's too many Slack channels I'm a part of. Like, I can't deal with it. But regardless, you're equally as part of like the podcast crew, even if you're not in the Slack channel. Because once we met you and you met you in New York, I was like, this girly is, is awesome. So I just, I know you from the space and like to see and kind of watch you from afar and like kind of having seen your work before meeting you and then getting to know you, you're just, you're a girly just like us. And I, I don't know, I just really admire you. I love that you work a full-time job just like me, but you're also doing this on the side. No, I, the second you said you were on two screens, I was like, that's my girl. And yeah, I totally, we have a similar vibe in that way. And I feel like I'm a friend of the podcast group. Um, Slack in general stresses me out. So it's funny when I was searching for um, our emails to jump on this, I like saw the initial email that pop up and like, I just like, I love that group so much that like, if I were to join, join Slack for any group um, outside of work, it would be all of you, but oh my gosh, another Slack channel. I just... I can't. The ones that I have stress me out. Slack it's is triggering. like Slack is a little demon. You know, it does trigger me. Does Slack it's, trigger it's you? Triggering. It does trigger <laughs> me, and I, and it's like anytime I hear that, whatever, I'm like triggered. I'm like, oh my god, what does my boss want? Or like, what do I need to do? Like, I totally understand that. So, Lauren, Sounds tell like us a little bit like about through the roof. No, literally, literally, <laughs> Lauren, tell us about like you because I actually don't know too much about how you kind of got into the space. Like, I you just magically popped up onto the scene, in my opinion, but like you have to have, you know, I think what a lot of people don't realize about like the entertainment space is it's not like one day you go viral and like not everyone is an Alex or all you or like a tanks, like you don't just wake up a viral like sensation overnight. 
some of like the greatest podcasters in the space, like Ryan Bailey or Kelly, like they've been doing this for years and years and years. And, you know, they've worked and earned all the success that they have today. So I'm curious, like one, what's your, like, where are you from? Have you always been into pop culture? Kind of like, how did you get yourself onto this kind of level of like notoriety in a great way? Oh my God. Thank you for thinking that I have a high level of notoriety. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm on the house of hammer documentary. That's on HBO max. It's so funny. I think my own perception of myself is I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I did. You know, like I'm very like, I, I, I'm pretty down to earth with all of it, but, um, so basically I probably never would have had an online presence had the pandemic not happened. Like I just, I I'm sure you can relate, but like from the work perspective, like had I had to stroll into an office every day after making TikToks that maybe didn't take off, you know, that five people watched, I probably would have been embarrassed, you know, that my coworker saw it or something stupid like that. And I've seen TikToks where it's like, you have to climb Cringe Mountain to like have any level of success. And like, thankfully I got to climb Cringe Mountain from the um, comfort of my own living room when I was like depressed and lonely during the pandemic, just like all of us. And so, um, during the pandemic, you know, I just by virtue of that loneliness and like needing an outlet and, you know, I'm so remote. A lot of my team is in Japan. I just started kind of talking into my phone and I, I, I mean, I did it over time and like, there would be some videos that head off and there'd be some that didn't, but I was just sort of like following my interests and what I was talking about and creating a community of people that like similar things. And I didn't even really take a lot of that content to Instagram right away. I was pretty shy about it because the thing about TikTok was there felt like there was this level of anonymity, even when the following was growing. Yes. You know, totally. And then the following gets so big that you're like, I don't even realize that like, you know, you know, Chrissy from high school is or whoever it is, you know, like, you don't even notice that people are starting to follow you. So you don't feel like any sense of shame, but yeah. So I didn't even start putting any of my content on Instagram immediately, just cause like, I like that anonymity because a lot of the people my age weren't even doing TikTok. I was kind of like one of the millennials that was doing it, but not a lot were. And so anyway, um, started off that way. And, um, I had really only been one year in LA. So just by virtue of that, I ended up connecting with a lot of content creators and making like these online friends that had similar interests. That's how I ended up meeting Emily. That's how I met my best friend, John Joseph. That's how I met, you know, Ryan Bailey, you mentioned like Kiki Monique, like a lot of my really tight friends I have met online because, um, because of content creation and because of the pandemic, because had I not had the pandemic, I would have been going out and meeting people in real life, but I was probably erring on the side of more caution than most people just because I, my asthma is a mess. So I was like, I don't want to get this thing. And I, I did stave it off for a very long time. Um, but yeah, it just kind of blew up and I had some big viral moments. Like obviously the army hammer series went super viral and the producer for house of hammer saw that and inspired them to make the documentary. So I was super involved in that. Um, and you know, I, did an expose and the property brothers and that went super viral. And so I had like a lot of moments where it was like, I was unintentionally like kind of uncovering little things. And so that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, my, my background, I'm from New York. Um, you know, I 
lived in New York for a while after college. I went to college in Colorado and ended up out here in LA where everyone was like, you're going to hate LA. Everyone's so fake. And I'm like, I have yet to hate it. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the gist. That's the gist. It's, I remember Emily, it's funny that you say that during the pandemic, that's kind of when it started to take off. Cause I feel like you and Emily Rose have a very similar kind of story where, you know, mm. she was going through a lot in her personal life and she kind of took to TikTok as a way of like a reprieve, almost like an escapism, a way for you to connect with people seeing as we couldn't actually connect physically in real life. And I think that meeting online friends is such a like it's so funny that we talk about it so casually now because when we were growing up it's like that was such a no-no right like meeting internet strangers like chat rooms or whatever like that was such a no-no but now when you have faces to the name to instagram to their tiktok you feel like you really personally know these people and from having listened to all the podcasts collective girlies podcasts you feel like you know them and then once you get to know them it just you feel almost like a special bond with one another because you know what the other is going through and of course like some podcasts me and like Tori always joke we're like we're the sub 2000 like no one you know it's a net neutral it's a net negative for like anyone to come on our podcast because we're like you know the nobody girlies but like regardless you stop that (laughs) you stop that right now it's it's so funny because like objectively I had like the best followers but like objectively like our podcasts are such a small fraction of what some of these other people are doing and it's wild because at the core of it when we get a mean comment or something someone says something i'll reach out to the group and be like oh my god look what someone said about me on reddit whatever and i'm like kelly like i know that she gets a lot of hate you know and i'm like this sucks because she's literally the nicest person ever and she's like it doesn't matter if you have like a 500 comments or a single comment like every comment will stick with you forever um so you kind of are almost are almost trauma bonded in in a way but yeah i i when i met you it was when we were in new york city and it was just serendipitous that you were also in new york you were there for like a family thing because as you just mentioned you're originally from new york but i remember emily was like hey you know lauren from the zen blonde is in the city like she wants to meet up with us and you were just the sweetest nicest person like you just fit in like you just met everyone i think the majority of us for the first time and you just fit right in like a glove and it was just so natural we had so much fun we were like dancing all night at the box what how late did you end up staying i feel like i was there till until four in the morning and then me and my cousin went back to her apartment and i just have a picture of us like with halal in our hands just like and i'm like (laughs) throwing up a peace sign i also have a video of me and Tori scream singing Cruel Summer on the street. <laughs> and I loved all of you guys. I felt like I was, it felt like like meeting up with like your camp friends or something. I don't know. It was just yes. like, it was like this like reunion, but I had never met anyone but Emily before. And I was like, I just like love these girls. Like, oh my God. And like, I was like so happy to hear you were an OC. And I'm like, we have to actually meet up IRL and we're going to once Absolutely. my life simmers down a little bit. Um, I'm leaving on Saturday for New York, but after this like weekend, I feel like I'm over the hump um, of everything. But yeah, anyway, I I had the best, best time. Like, oh my God, it was amazing. And the box was so insane. I'm sure you've talked about it on the pod, but that was such an insane experience. I, it's unspeakable. (laughs) One of the best, most fun nights of my life. (laughs) Did you stay till four in the morning too? 
I think I stayed at like I left at like three thirty. I think I think yeah, it, it was. But I heard there were some wild things going. Like after I left, like Emily and Tori were like, someone was like having intercourse on stage. I'm like, what yes. did I miss? Yes, there was actual sex on. St- uh, I there was actual. <laughs> yeah. sex. Uh, like so sorry mom and dad um but <laughs> yes like, and I cannot unsee what I saw but then I think we like shut the place down you know and then I remember um Tori and I think Emily went and found like hot dogs on the street so we were all just like finding street food at four in the morning like whoa we need to drink something because everyone was doing so many shots because that guy like literally bought us everything like he not only bought all these like nice bottles of like hard alcohol but like there's a bottle of dom at the table like we had the prime table and i was talking to my cousin because she'd tried to get or she thought about getting a table for her birthday years ago and it was one of those tables like at the top tier like not even like a good and she told me it was a five thousand dollar table she's like lauren the table that guy got must have been like 10 grand at least Oh, I think so. Yeah, it was. And I, you know? I don't know if I talked about it on the public the public podcast, but we were at the table that was lit. Like I could have extended my short ass foot. We were in the splash zone. Me, there was this yes. scene with fake blood. And like me and my cousin both had to take our stuff to the dry cleaners because we literally got this like fake blood and champagne and like God yes. knows what else splattered all over us. I got champagne all over my leather boots. Like it was aggressive. Like I can't even for those of you listeners that don't know what the box is it's it's like a burlesque it's not even like a burlesque club but I guess it's most similar to a burlesque club it's not like a strip uh strip club it's it's like an entertainment it's like drinks in a show um, I would say it's like um almost like an artful sex show uh yeah like but there's like not like actual sex going on the entire time except for that last scene but you're seeing a lot of nudity and a lot of like simulation of sex and a lot of like crazy, just crazy stuff. There was a dominatrix at one point that handed me a cucumber and simulated a blowjob on the cucumber while I held it. At yeah. one point, this frat boy interrupted the dominatrix and the dominatrix literally went up to this like frat boy, like finance boy looking dude and pulled down his pants and paddled him in front of the entire place. Oh, why did I miss that? I remember the cucumber. I swear to God, sometimes like everyone will say things i'm like i don't remember that like this guy's I mean, bare was... ass was like out this like finance bro <laughs> and he just was literally getting like chastised in front of the entire place but if you blinked you would miss like something like it was like there were so many things going on you know yeah, and it... my friend was gonna go to the one in london and i heard the one in london does something even crazier that's actually unspeakable i i can't even say it out loud it's so gross I mean, yeah. we had, it's so funny because we recorded like a, we told like everything and the girls released it on their respective Patreons and someone was like shitting on Tori on like Shannon's, like, like, you know, that's actually very unsanitary that this was done. And I was dying laughing. I'm like, yeah, but like you had to be there, like Tori taking the heat, you know, for everyone's, everyone's grievances that night. It was, oh you know, my when God. People were worried about the vaccine. It's too bad. I hadn't gone to the box already being like, you know, if I can survive the box and like anything I encounter that night, whatever's in the vaccine will be just okay. Like, oh yeah, you know? <laughs> literally, literally. So, okay, Lauren, I wanted us to get into a couple of the trending topics and then we're going to end with a few listener questions. The first story I want to talk about, of course, is Mauricio and Kyle separated and you 
wrote an Instagram grid post, which I found fascinating that you had actually run in on a flight into Mauricio and Kyle and they were in first class, you're in economy and they just seemed so much. Can you tell me about that interaction? Oh my God. So they were fully making out, like getting onto the plane, on the plane. Um, I was bearing witness to all of it. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of PDA. Um, And then the flight attendant went up to Kyle and was like, said something to her and she's like, yes, I'm Kyle Richards. And I remember just like, it left an impression because, you know, any of those like interactions, you know, you always remember what people did. But I remember the two of them, they were just like making out in their seats. They seemed super in love. And then fast forward to like the past few years, I guess I met Mauricio at a TikTok party and he like totally entertained my love for him because I was like, you and TK need a travel show. I have a picture with him, but it's hideous. So I didn't like post my pictures with Kyle and Mauricio yesterday because I've met them both. Um, So I met him at the TikTok party and he was so lovely and like, was just like thanking me. He hugged me like three times, like, but it wasn't creepy. It was like, thank you for being a fan of the show. And thank you for thinking that I'm funny because I was talking about at the time, um, PK and him and the situation with not the not the brain, do the ankle. You remember when like, oh, yeah, there was a really yeah. weird like Tom Girardi surgery thing? Of so I was course. like laughing with him about that. And he was great. And he he didn't give off any creepy vibes. And I have a friend that used to work at a place that um, Mauricio would frequent. And I know there are a lot of cheating rumors about Mauricio, but she would see him there with clients that included like beautiful women. And like Mauricio always came off as super respectful and never crossed the line at that place. And he was there quite often with clients entertaining being super friendly and charming but professional and never looking like behavior that was consistent with the rumors I'm not saying that maybe maybe that was his business place and maybe the rumors are true but Mm -hmm. anyway that's that's what I've heard and then um Kyle I actually strangely enough met her in December of this year at a charity called Camp Lightbulb which sends LGBTQIA plus kids to camp that's like a safe space for them And she was lending her face to the um, organization, which was really great. And so it was this party at this like fabulous house in the Hollywood Hills and Dorit was there. um, And so was Faye Resnick. And so anyway, what what did she say? The, um, the morally corrupt, the morally corrupt Faye Resnick was there and Faye Resnick. Like I literally was like, you, like, I, I was like, you were, you're beautiful on TV, but you were like, even more beautiful in person, like, please drop the skincare routine. I've never seen somebody who is just so like her skin is so perfect. Like she's stunningly beautiful. And she's just like, I'm like, did you sell your soul to look like that? Like, I don't understand. So she is stunning. They're all stunning though. Dorit talked to us for a while and she's just very like, she's just such a cancer. She's very like, um, chatty and very much like down for a chat. And so she chatted with us for a long while and Kyle talked to us for a bit, but there were showrunners from Bravo there that she wanted to chat with more. Um, but Kyle really did entertain us and was very nice and took a photo with us. So both Kyle and Mauricio are good in my books. And yeah, I was actually, I was at an event with their daughters too. It was a shopping event at Alice and Olivia that, um, a friend of mine brought me to and, uh, Kim Richards daughters were there as well. And like all of them were super sweet. So as a whole, I just wish everyone the best. And I don't know what is true or what's not. There's a lot of speculation out there about Kyle with Morgan. Wall. I think Morgan Wallen Wade. is her name. Wade. Morgan I always Wade. get yeah, but her that, last name wrong. 
There's a country singer named Morgan Wallen who's a man, and then there's Morgan Wade who's this random woman that Kyle has been spotted with. See, and it's like a country singer, and I don't know anything about country music at all, but what I will say is like, the other thing that I've thought about is like, you know, Kyle has been sober for seven months and like Morgan is sober. Like maybe Morgan's her sober companion. I mean, it looks like a bit more given the matching tattoos and matching rings and some of the body mm-hmm. language, but like also like maybe, maybe that's not what it is. I don't know. How do you feel about the whole thing? Yeah. I, first of all, it's really refreshing to hear that you had positive interactions with them. I was listening to the toast and Claudia was at BravoCon and she did a panel with the Real Housewives. Um, I don't know if it was like a Beverly Hills segment or, or whatever, but she said that she interacted with Kyle and Dorit backstage. And she actually said that Dorit was like a huge cunt. Like she fully just blasted really? her on the show. She said that Dorit had, was putting on some earrings and she had dropped an earring and Claudia had like reached on to pick it up for her and like give it back to her. And I think Dorit just completely like just miffed her just like dismissed her didn't even like thank her for picking up the earring like whatever and she said kyle was very snobby to her but then after the panel a bunch of toasters came up to the stage and were like fawning over claudia and then kyle kind of her tune changed a bit and then she kind of got all like you know all nice to claudia so claudia she didn't have like the nicest things to say about the two of them but maybe they were just frazzled because it's like a very busy well also like i know sometimes when i have nerves I may not be my normal effervescent self. Like if I was about to give like a TED talk, like, and somebody were to try to like interact with me, they might be getting this like version of me that maybe wasn't aware of how I was coming off to others. Cause I'm just so in my, my headspace. And I think like a BravoCon panel is kind of an intense experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mauricio was definitely friendlier than Kyle, but Kyle, like was just fine. You know what I mean? She, as Mm -hmm. as I said, wanted to talk to her showrunners more, but like she took a photo with us. She gave us the time of day. Like, you know what I mean? Like she chatted with us for a bit. So that's all you can really ask of people. And Dorit was just a little sweetie pie. So I bet you Dorit was just really nervous to get on stage because I would imagine her to almost be nervous about something like that, given the the vibe I got from her. As, As like outgoing, confident as she seems, I could see her being like, okay, I'm actually going out into the lion's den. Like, what's going to happen? Right. Yeah, no, I, I love that you had positive interactions with with the both of them. And, like, you know, celebrities can have good days or, or bad days, and it kind of sucks because one interaction can sour everyone's taste. And I definitely want to get into, like, a few other celebrity interactions that you have because I know you have a lot. Of yeah, you were asking fact- me, like, Lauren, like, what celebrities have you met? And I tried to find the list. So I used to work. So when I first moved here, I had a really stressful job in New York. I wasn't ready to go back to, like, a job that stressed me out and I needed to like just have a minute to figure things out. And I really wanted to work for Goop and their corporate offices, but the only role they had open was sales in the store. And I was like, F it. Like, let's just see if I can get in through the weird third door because the girl that I was taking over for had moved up to corporate that way. Um, Cause they were like a weird company to break into. And so that job was celebrity Disneyland. And I loved it for that reason. I did it for six I... months and then I ended up going into a traditional marketing role. But for six months, every single day, it was like, I'd have somebody come in and it was like Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, Leah Michelle, like Chris uh, Martin bought me a coffee. Um, Like Jacqueline Smith, the original Charlie's angels, Leah Michelle, um, uh, Khaleesi, like 
Pink, um, Monica Lewinsky, uh, like what? I could go on and on and on and on and on. Kathy Hilton, um, Alessandra Ambrosio, like I, literally, like I could go on and on and on. Um, and that's why I'm like, I'm like, you can probably be like, name some random celebrities. So I can tell you whether or not I met them. I, the weirdest interaction I've had is with Jonah Hill. I can tell you about that later, but. Okay. Oh my uh, God. Wait. So can we. I want you to touch on the Jonah Hill thing. We'll circle back to that, but yeah. Okay. okay that's why. Okay. Well, yeah. Whenever you want me to tell you, I'll tell you, but um, yeah, I've actually, that's why heard... it was hard for me to tell you the list. Cause I'm like, the list is so long because of that job. And then when I was in New York, I worked in a very like celebrity facing job as well. So anyway, oh I've my met God. a lot I, of them. I love this. You're like boots on the ground to moi basically. Yeah. Because yeah. You, it's funny to interact. It's not like you just see them on the street. You actually had to interact with them because you were working on the floor at Goop. Yeah. Yeah. And like to, I got to see how they like treated somebody that was like helping them. You know what I mean? Oh my so God. that was interesting. I'm literally obsessed. Okay. So let's get into that towards the end of the show. Cause I'm actually. So yeah. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll go there. Names. We'll go we'll there. Go there. <laughs> so with the Mauricio and Kyle thing, I've heard a lot of things on Reddit uh, I mean, people have been speculating about this for years. Like this is, and about the separation, this has been speculated about on TikTok, Reddit. People in my DMs have been telling me, oh, are you noticing that Kyle's not posting Mauricio? So like, this isn't surprising to me. I, in fact, I'm surprised they didn't release this statement earlier because anytime something comes out in people or whatever, it's a story that's been, it's not like they just separated and they release it to people. This has clearly been a separation agreement between the two of them for months, but now they're just coming clean about it. I've always heard a lot of allegations about Mauricio on Reddit saying that he has specific girls that he has, like there's like sugar babies. In fact, Tumwa just posted a blind item yesterday about like an A house, a list house husband who has like a sugar baby that he buys her like Birkin bags and, and things like that. And that's always been the talk of the town. And I think people have also thought, you know, there's no way that Mauricio can travel as frequently as he does, can have all the money and like the access that he does and not cheat on her. So perhaps they had like an open relationship or an open marriage. And Kyle just, it was a promise between the two of them that they wouldn't be able to cop to that on the show and ever come clean about that. Do you believe there's any like validity to the open relationship rumors? Or do you think like there was cheating involved at all? You know, I couldn't see Kyle being okay with an open relationship. Like she was so crazy about him. And it seems like all of this happened following like a very traumatic incident and then sobriety for Kyle where, you know, her friend passed away, unfortunately, from taking her own life. Kyle went to therapy. Kyle got sober. So there's a lot of like, so it was like Kyle's best friend, um, unfortunately took her own life, like her really long time, one of her truly best friends from years and years and years. Yes. And so then Kyle went into therapy and Kyle has been sober for seven months. So it's hard for me to say if there was any infidelity or if it was like Kyle, you know, maybe had some clarity and sobriety and maybe that traumatic incident caused issues and she's just going through a lot. Like, you know, I think that there's been rumors about a lot of the house husbands um, and it's hard to know the validity of any of them until we see a photo or until I see like hard evidence. Like I'm so cautious to say, you know what I mean? Because again, my experience with Mauricio and then my friend that worked at that restaurant that he frequented, he was, he gave like respectful energy. Granted, he's a very Mm. charming man and I don't think I'm his demographic. Like I don't think, you know, I think probably he'd be hitting on like a supermodel if anything, but 
what I will say is he gave off like safe dad, respectful energy, like even like hugging me. He was just being so sweet. So yeah, I like, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel like you've had any like hard evidence where you're like, cause I mean, we've heard the same thing kind of about Harry Hamlin, you know, and nothing yes. like tangible has actually come out. So it's like, I don't, you never want to say, unless you see something that's like hard evidence, you know? Yes. Yes. And there has been some really damning allegations against her. And I, I don't even want to say it on the podcast because I feel like that could be like slander or whatever, but there's been some like pretty damning evidence about, or stories about Harry Hamlin and frankly, Lisa right. involvement. But then you have like people that like are like that guy, Patrick, who like went around perpetuating like, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because there are people right. that perpetuate stories in order to like drive views to their page that just have zero moral compass, you know? And like a lot of like, yes. the Harry Hamlin stuff was potentially that guy just, you know, wanting views and clicks. So it's like, it's hard to decipher fact from fiction in this world, but it sometimes is. fact that's is stranger than fiction. It, and that's exactly. what makes us believe everything. It, it, exactly. Cause sometimes the, the truth is even more salacious or damning than you would ever imagine in your mind. And I yes. think with, with more money, and I was talking about this with, um, Emps when we were talking about the Titan submersible a couple of weeks ago about, the thing with people with money is they're just exposed to different things than people like you and I are exposed to like more money, more problems. I mean, mm -hmm. this is so sad to say, but like Kobe Bryant dying in a helicopter accident. The thing it thing was like the helicopter was his like secondary right behind his car mode of transportation. So like the more frequently you're doing things that are higher risk because of the wealth that you have, the higher likelihood of it is that something in accident were or like the Kennedy curse, like, yeah, they have more money. So some of them are in office, others are riding private jets. So the, they're always like, oh, the Kennedys are cursed. It's like, no, they just, they're getting themselves into situations because they have the the money to do so. So it's like with these celebrity husbands, they have a lot of money and they probably have access. And quite frankly, if they were cheating on their wives, I'm almost willing to bet that they're not doing it in like, in like public, right? Because they have some kind of way to hide or secrify something. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. You wonder like when you have that much access and like privilege and like everything is kind of like, I'm sure they have somebody cleaning their house every day. I'm sure they have people cooking for them. Like they're not yes. striving for anything, even though like to their credit, like I think Mauricio worked very hard to build the agency. And like, I think he's a hard worker. Yeah. There are a right. lot of like day to day, like pain in the asses that they don't have to deal with. And I wonder if their threshold for like happiness, like gets moved higher and higher and they just have to go to more extremes in order to like feel happy. Totally. You know? Oh my God. That's because they're not striving point. in the same way <laughs> that like yeah, most of like us are. Their, their bar becomes even higher for happiness. That's like this is such an existential conversation of like when you're wealthier. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? It's like I think that there's like statistics or whatever that like once you you earn a certain amount of money, like your lifestyle just kind of ends up being similar like unless you acquire a lot a lot a lot of wealth you're probably yeah. living very similarly than when you were making like fifty thousand dollars less i don't know this is like such an interesting conversation and i'm like i love that you had a positive interaction because honestly this entire time i've been watching housewives and honestly i just started beverly hills during the pandemic and i you know blown through it and i'm very up to date now but i've always really liked mauricio and kyle i know people have a lot of shitty things to say about kyle and we can all 
agree that this past season was not her best. Like it was probably her worst of her entire time on the franchise. But like, I've always really liked the both of them. So like, and I, they also have really nice kids. Like I just really like her kids too. They seem very normal and yes. um, cool. All like, of those girls, even like Kim Richards' daughters, like they were just very like down to earth and cool. And like, you didn't feel that like aura of like, I'm a star in the room. Like, you know, even though they're all like stunningly beautiful, it was just like, they were, very down to earth and like they -hmm. were doing this Alice and Olivia event to lend their face to a cancer charity so again like they they were doing a good deed when I met them you know and yeah same thing with Kyle lending her face to Camp Lightbulb and Mauricio was at a TikTok event because he's like a fun boy you know so like you know I I don't know they're cool they're they're cool um yeah actually the night that I was there PK and Mauricio were both at the party. I didn't see PK, but um, Dorit and Kyle were in Vegas. I think they might've been filming the show. Um, so they were not there, but yeah, I, I think the problem is too. It's like, if you were to catch me on every single day for the most part, people would be like, let's just say I was Kim Kardashian famous. People would be like, Lauren is really nice. But then there would probably be one person that caught me when my stomach hurt and I was really hungover and I wasn't able to be as effervescent as normal. And yes. that would be like, she is a bitch. And it might just be that like, I'm about to puke and like, I'm trying to like get out of the grocery store because I'm really nauseous or whatever it is, you know? Um, but you know, that I was talking to Dumois about this on her pod, but the reason why so many people write into Dumois is these very short interactions are so meaningful to us people who are just fans of a lot of these people. So we're going to remember it, even though it meant nothing to them. And it takes two seconds to be nice. But if somebody's low key, like nauseous or having something happen, then like they could give off the wrong vibe to like one person. And then that one person is like, or maybe they're on the verge of like a panic attack. You know what I mean? And maybe they're just mm-hmm. trying to keep themselves together and they, they get the, you know, the, every effort is going to towards not having a panic attack. And then right. somebody says hi to you and you don't even have the bandwidth for that. So you just never know. I think you have to look at the overall picture of like what you hear. Cause if you hear that somebody's awful 800 times, then they're just awful. But if you hear somebody that's uh, some, that somebody's awful, like once, but then 50 good stories and they probably just had something else going on. Yeah. And I'm so curious to hear about your Leah Michelle, which we will get into after we discuss oh, the idol. Get me started she... girl. I always say that I have such a good, like, I can just pick up on people's energies instantaneously, whether it's in person mm-hmm. or when I'm looking at celebrities. I have consistently have, even before all these allegations came out, I've, she's always given me like a really, really icky feeling, like dark, dark energy. So I'm so excited because when you talked about it on Dumois, my, first of all, I was like so impressed. I was like, oh my God, this bitch is on Dumois. She's coming on my podcast. Like, oh my God, I'm like oh, so no, famous adjacent. This- I love you it. You are an icon, <laughs> but you are an icon. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on Leah Michelle. Cause oh, oh, oh we're going to go there. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. So off. let's get into the idol. I saw your away message on Instagram about like, I'm going to throw my computer off my balcony after you watch the idol series finale. I was also the same way. It's so funny. Cause Shannon will text me every Sunday night and text me. How was the idol? How's because she she's refusing to watch it and I'll have to I'll send her voice and I'm like this is what happened blah blah blah. I would say the show was like it was fine. I I, I feel like towards the end I was very confused. I think th- this is what I have issues with. 
I think that the character development and the, the plot, it felt like it went from zero to 60 with nothing in between. So for example, when, and like, I think it was the second to last episode where Troy Sivan's character, Xander, was getting, he had a shot collar around his neck and uh, Tedros was shocking him. And I was like, where? And then the next episode, Xander's character is accusing Lily Rose Depp's ex-boyfriend of rape. And I'm like, you were a good character and all of a sudden you're bad. Like, when did the villainry occur? I just felt like there was no consistency in the plot, the plot line. I felt like there was a lot of stories that were never told. Um, and then we get to the very end, which, spoiler alert, you're basically made to realize that Lily Rose Depp's character, Jocelyn, was actually like the master manipulator, not even Tedros. Like she was manipulating everyone, including Tedros, until at the very end, like she got what she wanted, which was huge fame. She used Tedros to like get good music out of her, used all of his talent as op opening acts, and then ultimately told him that she loved him. Like it just, it felt like very scattered. And I feel like the story should have been told over a longer period of time. What are your thoughts? Oh man, I agree with you. And also, like, I think it was strange because how do we go from Tedros and the shock collar to Tedros and his rat tail, like looking all disheveled and like, he's not going to like resort to violence when people are like disrespecting him because how does he go from being like, so flying off the handle to like just drinking. And I, I was waiting for him to snap and like punch her or something. Me too. I, I was waiting for him didn't. to punch her. Yes. And he didn't. So, but I'm like, well, you guys were basically like suggesting that that was his vibe before that. And then she'd like kind of put him in a submissive place by the end. But I, I hated the ending. I was right there with her management team being like, no, like, yeah, we got rid of him. like, what the hell? Oh, I, I just don't understand. Like, and I feel like this is going to, if you go to the weekend's comments on his Instagram, people are just roasting him. Like people are not, I feel like this was a nail in the coffin for his career. Like, I feel like this was okay. not a good idea. I was listening to the weekend's music the other day and I was like, dang, like I really like his music, but like I have a genuine ick for him because of the character he played. And I don't know how to divorce my thoughts of that character from him at this point. And I did put something out that just said Tedros is my enemy. And somebody wrote me and was like, I'm a, I was a waitress at this like place. And I used to always wait on Abel and like, he was so rude and his table was so rude. And I was like, yeah, like I get the sense from his songs when he's like, I only call you when it's half past five and like talking about doing lines and like all these like low key, like degrading things towards women. To me, I'm like, I feel like he's a shitty boyfriend. and. She was basically like, well, I've heard stories like that from other women, but they're not mine to tell. And I'm like, okay. But I feel like he was terrible to Bella Hadid. That's oh, he was horrible intuition. Yes. I don't know that he was great to Selena either. I think he tried to use both of them as inspo for Jocelyn. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you have Lily Rose Depp, who's great friends with Selena. Or not Selena. She's great friends with um, Bella. Um, and then, you know, obviously so many Britney Spears references. And yeah. I just feel like Abel used like ex-girlfriends of his as like parts of these characters or parts of, yeah, parts of all the characters. Because I think even like the assistant is someone like 
I heard from Dumois that Tedros is loosely yes. based on someone too. And I was like, I'm mm-hmm. going to put him on my like no fly list. I need a photo of this guy in my living room so I know what he looks like and I can avoid him at all costs. But like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I just, uh, are you having trouble with the weekend after his role as Tedros? Yeah, I I think you hit it on the head when you were just like, he uses women i mean it's very evident in his songs i did a whole episode on the weekend like a couple of months ago and just like all the problem the problematic nature of his songs and the, the problems like a lot of people have with him because of like the degrade degradation of women and and all that stuff i think that it kind of reminds me of when jessica simpson in her book open book talked about john mayer and how she felt used by john to basically inspire writing material when he was with her. Okay, she and then spilled he- the tea in that book. Like, I don't know how John Mayer didn't send her a cease and desist. I think he was just probably like, you Dude. know what? I was an asshole. We're even. Yes. I Like, she left no stone unturned in that book. Anytime someone who's celebrity obsessed hasn't read the book, I'm like, I don't even know what you're doing. You don't even need to be a Jessica Simpson fan to fully uh, be obsessed with every single detail in that book. Because she We were there, reading her like diary. Like, her very well edited diary like there was no stone left unturned as you said and like she even like talked about like you know ryan gosling and um justin timberlake and like yes you know like how justin timberlake and ryan gosling had a bet for who would kiss her first and justin timberlake kissed her at one point when they were older and then called Mm -hmm. ryan gosling and i'm like could you imagine those who were fighting over you i mean i choose ryan gosling like i oh i mean i'm not like i don't find justin timberlake attractive for some reason like he's just not my cup of tea and then after what he did to yeah. jessica um beale i'm just like with the whole new orleans of it all i'm like mm, oh you know don't get me started on that no i i know he's i think everyone justin timberlake went his entire like the golden years of, of his career unscathed because he was just like a mediocre white boy but now people are starting to see his true colors with john mayer he Jessica kept said that like he would break up with her and get back with her just to inspire like battle studies, which was like one of my favorite albums of his. And I felt like the weekend kind of in the same vein would use these women, like you said, to get inspiration. And I think Dumois was the one that said uh, that Leia's character is based on Teresa, who's like, if you're, if you're well, uh, I don't know if you're well educated on Selena's crew, I like literally follow every single one of them on Instagram. And I know all their names. I could totally see the Teresa, like Leia similarities. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the the series, I don't think, and now I'm hearing things about like Euphoria not going on for like a third season and like mm. as problematic as Euphoria is, it's a damn good show. Like I really hope it yeah. comes on for a third season. I know. I mean, how cruel would it be to end it this way? Like we didn't really get, they need to put a nice little bow on it. You have to give us at least one more season and just wrap it up, you know? Yeah. No, totally. Totally. It is such a good show. I know it's it's a it's a shame that Sam Levinson is at the helm because obviously he's had so many allegations and like problematic things against him. And you know, it's just like this is why we can't have nice things, you know? Like, no, it's the worst. <laughs> totally. It's the totally. worst. Men ruin everything. They do, they do. Okay, so I want to go into the celebs you've met. So you mentioned a lot of people that I'm so curious oh God, on. I Can like you tell me, tell me your Leah Michelle? I, I'm, okay. I'm foaming at the mouth to hear this. Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into it. I've met, her, I've met her three times at work, okay? So, you know, to her, I was a lowly retail employee. 
And part of my job was to ask people if they needed help. And especially when it's celebrity clientele, like, you know, kid gloves on, like you didn't say you love them unless like you felt like you could say it at the end at the register being like, by the way, I'm a huge fan of like, whatever, like there were times you felt you could do that and you did it, but like, you never made it a whole thing. So, um, Leah, one of the times she came in, she and her, I guess, partner, I think it might be her husband now, were looking for a housewarming gift for someone. And there was this really expensive Brightland olive oil. Shout out to Brightland. It's great olive oil. It's like $40 for one little thing. But anyway, excellent olive oil. So I was explaining the product to them and like, whatever. I'm scared, by the way. My heart is racing for you. And I'm sharing this with them equally. Like I am, my body language isn't turned more towards her, not turned more towards him. I'm making eye contact with both of them. She goes, talk to him, not to me. What? What? Twice. Okay. So that was incident number one. Incident number two was I saw her looking for something and I honest to God had not even seen that it was her. Yeah. So her back was to me. Cause and I would I be scared to, to approach her, her again. If I were you, I'd well, like, that's time this. number three, nothing happened because I did not approach. So I go up to the two people and I was like, Hey, can I help you guys with any- anything? And before I can even get through the sentence, she like Dorinda clips me and goes, no. Like, okay, but not like, not like, no, you can't help me. No, stop talking. That's what it was. She, no. Yeah. What is her fucking problem? Wait, really quickly to the first story. Did her husband say anything? Did he say anything? No, 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 because obviously he's, he's seen this behavior. You're right. You know, it's, it's totally natural to him. He's like, oh yeah, honey. She's I am yeah, talk to me, not to her. And I'm like, okay, like I didn't realize that I'm wouldn't it be awkward for a woman if you're just talking to her partner and not including her in the conversation when she's standing right next to him? Like I was talking to the group, but okay, Leah, I will talk to him. I'm I'm not a glee fan. I she was never like a celebrity that I gave a shit about. So Fuck for no. me, like it wasn't like I was r- running up excited to talk to her, to be honest with you. Like you know, it wasn't, she was never like, even in my top 50 list of people that I'd want to meet. Like I just couldn't, she's never no. been in for me. And I wasn't a gleek. I wasn't into glee. So me for either. whatever reason, she just, you know, she thought that I wanted to talk to her. I, I don't know. It was very bizarre. And it was like, definitely, you know, hall of fame, worst experience with celebrity, um, and proof of like the behavior that we constantly hear about. But Leah's just known for that. You know, Leah's known for mean behavior. And my best friend is a Gleek. And when we go to New York next week, he's got front row seats to see her in Funny Girl. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, we will always battle over. But he he knows that Leah is a monster. And I think one time he was at a Glee thing and he screamed something at her on stage and she like called him out in a mean way. I wish I could remember the story properly, but like Leah's even been mean to him and he doesn't care. So I'm like, you know what? Leah stands just or ride or dies and it is what it is. It's 
so crazy to me that people have revisionist history and she is such a deplorable vile human being and the way that she treated people on the cast of on the set of glee like being super fucking racist how we all just forget about that and then all of a sudden people support her just because she's like has a powerhouse voice and funny girl the way i could give less of a shit like the thing about me is if someone has wronged me i will never forget it and that includes celebrities so if you if i've heard that you were a deplorable human being and consistently the entire time that you were on the set of glee just because you thought you were like miss hotshot because you were the star of the show bye-bye like i will never forgive you and i don't understand why people are all of a sudden like team leah just because she's a star on funny girl oh my god i could care less about her or anything she's in and honestly like had i known that she allegedly can't read i would have gone up to her the third time and been like can i read any of the labels for you literally <laughs> i mean i couldn't have done that at work but i would have you know what if i was ready to like leave the job at that point i would have just been like let's let's go out with a bang I'm so sorry. I would be like, I would literally cry because that is so fucking like, that's just actually mean, evil behavior. That's so rude. You get the wind knocked out of you to a degree, but like at the same time, like I was just like, fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was kind of just like, wow. Okay. Like, yeah. I didn't, what she year didn't was this? matter. And she, she, what was that? I said, what, what year? year was this? Mm. Yeah had to have been like 2018 2019 because I had that job for six months and I think I started in 2018 I I started in 2018 like probably like August and I left in 2019 like right before the pandemic um we all got furloughed but I had already gotten a new job so it was like oh okay and I started my new job right like when the panini just took fire so love that that cool what okay so at what other deplorable celebrities do you have stories about i guess like maybe share two more i'm like so interested oh man this is my I mean, this is my like super bowl you don't like lauren these are like giving me life right now oh my god it's so funny because like I, I have to rack my brain i mean i've had like great experiences with people too like uh monica Lewinsky was great um like love her amelia clark like dropped a ton of money and was so nice and like was so down to earth and her best friend is her assistant and like she was so great and I just love that because, like, if I were ever super famous, like, I would make my best friend – I would get my best friend job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I like yeah. that, that like, family element of people when people, like, bring their people in and, like, they're just surrounded by goodness. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, another weird story is I used to see Jonah Hill in the Country Mart a lot. Like, he was always there. Like, if you're ever wanting to go celeb stalking, just go to the Brentwood Country Mart and sit down there for a day and you'll surely see someone. Uh, um, And so – um. Jonah Hill, he's asked, he'd asked a lot of girls out at the country mart. I knew people that went on dates with him. They said it was weird. He's also dated two of my sister's friends, like gone or like been like hooking up with two of them and like they're varying ages. So like, it was like, not like inappropriate, but like also like quite young. Um, and I've definitely heard like lots of Jonah stories and Jonah definitely gets around and I'd seen Jonah before in New York. I was at a Rachel Antonoff preview and I remember him glaring at me in the crowd and being like, why are you like gazing at me? So anyway, I go to this place called farm shop, going to get my like grab and go lunch. There was a, this communal table. It was right before Christmas. Um, and so I get my grab and go food and then I hear somebody next to me and they're ordering a duck breast and like pieces of burrata and I was like oh it's kind of like a gross order and I look at Jonah yeah so Jonah ordered duck and like burrata okay I would get my salmon and like you know some sides 
So anyway, I go to the register and like, I could just feel his like gaze on me. And I'm like, oh, like, mm. and like, we had like seen each other a lot. And he had like started kind of saying hi to me, like in passing, like, hi. Um, so like, but I'd see him every day and I would do that with any other person in the Mart that I yes. would see that frequently. So it wasn't like that weird, but it was just kind of funny. So anyway, um, my, the girl at the register knew me and she's like, here, go to the other register. And like, we're at the other register and she's like, oh my God, he's so weird. And she's like, so, a girl here went on a date with him and it was weird. So anyway, a girl from my job had gone on a date with him and it was weird anyway. So I go and sit down at the communal table and there's like a tray of food on the other side of it. And I'm not even noticing what's in the tray. I'm just like going about my merry way. And there was this old woman. She was like doing this needlework, like Santa Claus thing. Um, So I was like, Ooh, I'm going to like sit across from her and like Loki watch her do this like little thing while I eat. Cause like, Oh, entertaining. Right. Yeah. Um, Without being like too much of a weirdo. And so I just sit across from her and then all of a sudden Jonah Hill sits down. It's his food. He slides his tray all the way next to me. Our knees are like touching. Wait, what? And he just slides right next to me. There's no one else but me, the woman knitting. And it's not even knitting. It's like this like little like I don't even it was some needlework thing. No, I know what you're talking about. Like little embroidery kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like you press it through. Like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, so anyway, she was doing that. And then it was just me and him. And he pushed his tray so close to me. Knees are touching. I'm like, what the f- actual fuck? And I know he expected me to like talk to him, but I wouldn't give him the satisfaction. So we sat there in silence. I finished my meal. I got up and went back to work. Cause what I was like, I'm not. I do. I don't know. He probably thought that I would be like, oh my gosh, hi, Jonah. And like when I got back into work, like my colleague was like, how is your um, lunch with your boyfriend? Because like literally like that's how close he was sitting to me. And I was like, he's not my boyfriend. I just don't <laughs> like encroachy energy. And if I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're a celebrity, you're not going to get away with that with me. Sorry. No, I agree. No. You know, what's funny. I was at the Parker in Palm Springs. And of course, every time I go to a place where celebrities frequent, I like to ask the the staff like what their interaction was with said celebrity and I was talking to the valet guy at Parker and I was like who's like a nasty celeb you've met and he's like Jonah Hill is one of the nastiest celebrities I've ever met in my life like he rode up in this like nice car and he's like no no no, you're not parking my car like got like in the valet's face and was like I'm parking this car like where do you need me to park it no one is getting into this car was like screaming at the valet um he he said Selena Gomez was like very shy and kind of off-putting a bit, but I thought the Jonah Hill story was was quite fascinating. It kind of is in line with what he just seems kind of like a weird a weirdo. Listen, I I think that maybe he got famous so early that he doesn't know how to behave normally or something. I don't know. It's it was a very bizarre interaction. From everything I've heard, you know, the girls that have gone on dates with him, it's been strange and um so. I think that, you know, it is what it is, but it seems like he's in a happy relationship now. And I love that he's like having his body positive moment. I just, no guy gets to like sidle up to me like that and is going to get my attention. Like, I just don't like that. And, you know, I don't care if you're Brad Pitt, like if you like, if I perceive something as like weird or like, I don't like that, like then I'm not going to say anything to you. Like, and I felt like he wanted me to say something to him and I didn't want to give him the satisfaction. So I didn't say anything. 
I was like, just going to eat my food here awkwardly. Yeah. And just move super close to me. Like, what the hell? You know what's funny? Um, a listener actually DM'd me the other day and they said they saw Amanda Bynes. At, it wasn't Brentwood Country Mart. It was at, at the Grove at the farmer's market. Oh, yeah. Amanda. She said she's like, it was definitely her because she had the heart tattoo below her on her cheek. Aww. She was with two men who looked very like sketch. And she said that she, they were like staring her down because they realized that this, my follower had, um, like spotted her like kind of making sure that she wasn't going to approach amanda but have you ever met like any hillary duff mary kate and ashley lindsay never Lovian? never any of those i mean those would be iconic and i wouldn't like the kardashians i've seen kim um because my friend works for a building and they were filming something with hillary kim was filming filming something with hillary clinton and chelsea clinton so she was like, oh, they just pulled the permit for this, Lauren. You can come work for my office for the day and, like, see Kim and Hillary Clinton and, like, whatever. So I got to see Kim that way. And I've seen, like, Jonathan Chabon at Nobu oh, before. God. He was – Food God was, like, right next to me. It was I was dying. And then I tried oh, to text it to my friend sneakily on my phone. And then she's like, wait, why are you texting me? And, like, Food God was in earshot. And I'm like, can you not <laughs> be, like, the worst? Can you just, like – have like can you just perceive that i'm telling you that yes. there's someone behind us literally yes. right behind us <laughs> and you know he and fucking loved that too he was he like oh, i'm getting did. recognized oh god yeah and i'm like oh can you like understand like people who are adjacent to the kardashians for, for a second but what, funnily enough i did see true thompson with her nanny and her security guard and chloe wasn't there and it was just like a little outing for true and it was just like such a funny experience like recognizing a baby celebrity where you're like it's yeah. weird that you're a little she, she was a little nugget at that point because you know it was yeah probably 2018 and just I was like it's so funny that I recognize your face but one time at work um Chris Martin came in and he was like you know um ex-husband of the year you know consciously uncoupled and he was like oh how are you guys doing like do you guys like want anything from farm shop like I was like first I said no and then my coworker is like I'll take a whatever and I was like you know what I'll take a coffee too and then Apple Paltrow like delivered them to us. And like I used to see Apple a lot because she would come in and um shop for her friends, sweet 16s that were all happening. And she was super cute. And I remember like she just kind of went through that like awkward teenage phase and then like tr- blossomed into that like 16-year-old, like where she got the paparazzi shots in Aspen and kind of had a little like pep in her step when she came back from that trip. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm sure she'll be like a huge star, just like all these, you know, kids and you know nothing not a bad word to say about her or Gwyneth or anything like I enjoyed my time there and you know I honestly like Gwyneth was cool um I heard Gwyneth is well yeah she's really she's cool like she's cool she's a cool chick like I just I they at the holiday party like I remember her just like she was like hopping off to like Britney Spears like on the dance floor and I was just like I love this chick like she's just like great um but yeah, I mean, it was like every day was somebody new and interesting. And um, like one of the days that I was off work, Kamala Harris came in. Like it was just there was what? always it, it was every everything from like the political sphere to like just really, really, really like um, influential people. Like honestly, like I went to the Emmys last year and it's because I became friends with one of the clients that, you know, I that I used to work with like in the store and like he brought me to the Emmys like. When I was working there, I got invited to this really like 
bougie home in Pacific Palisades. And they had like a dinner in my honor because like the customers loved me. And like my colleagues would make fun of me that I was friends with the customers, but I literally got my marketing job because I was friends with a customer. That makes so, all connections. Like, that makes sense yeah. to me. I was networking the entire time. I was giving people my elevator pitch. I was like, this is temporary. I'm like looking for something else. If it doesn't happen with the corporate office, like it's happening somewhere else. Here's my background. And Mm -hmm. I also just like forged genuine friendships with people because I was new to LA. And so anyway, like I ended up meeting all these wonderful people and like a lot of people from that job that I still keep in touch with. And, you know, it was like very much the who's who of LA walking through the doors. And so I would learn everything from like what the best nail salon was to like where to get my hair done to like what, where it was cool to eat and do all these things. And it really was just like, honestly, like the best idea to start off in LA. Cause like you just like, you learn so much and honestly, I just love people. So it was great, but I'm trying to think if there's any other like crazy celebrity interactions. I mean, it was crazy to see people spend tons of money on like fine jewelry and stuff. That was nuts. Like I've seen people like drop a hundred thousand dollars, like you know, in one like a credit sitting. card. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like Holy when you're reading shit. the total out to them and like we made commission and it, I mean, that wasn't my sale, but there was a, um, Suzanne Callen, um, trunk show that we had and we had yeah. her jewelry and this woman was like, um, Oh, uh, I'll have the ring. And then her husband's like, well, you need the matching bracelet. Well, you need the earrings. Well, you need the necklace. And like literally bought her the whole set. And I think it was over a hundred grand. And then, um, one time this woman came in looking really unassuming tourist, like fanny pack, like was in from Mexico and like, you know, you'd be dumb not to give the unassuming people the time of day. Cause sometimes they're the ones that spend the most to so treat everyone wonderfully. And my colleague was working with her and she put on all these vintage rings because we sold like fine jewelry and some of it was vintage. And she put them on her hand like they were, you know, gumball machine rings, right? Like she just stacked her hand. She's like, okay, I'll have this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And she again dropped like tens of thousands of dollars, um, but came in looking like the most unassuming person. I always you say know? money talks, wealth whispers. It's always yeah. people that don't wear the the designer bags, that don't drive the fanciest car, that always have the most money. Always. Yeah. I mean, even if you go to Nobu, like the person that rolls up looking like they just came out of a wave, like is probably the richest person there. You know what I mean? Yep. Because they don't need it. They don't need to prove nothing to anyone. Like they like, are. I've seen people getting out of a Porsche in Venice, walking shoeless into restaurants, like with like yeah. dreadlocks, like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, yeah. you know, like they're, it's just, you know, that's, that's, how, that's how they keep uh, their money. I, I'm so glad that you're validating this. That money talks wealth whispers. I literally say that all the time on my stories. Whenever I see yeah. like influencers just hawking like Louis Vuitton, like tacky like i was talking about this is why like the row mary kate nashley's the row is it's like it's so basic and there's no symbol on anything it's like no no no. like celebrities like kendall jenner jennifer lawrence are always seen wearing the row but you would never know because it's just a basic fucking top that costs eighteen hundred dollars well even with like the stuff at goop like we still like i have an i have an acne bag that i really like i have a stod bag that i really like and like there is not one label on any of those like you know what i mean like yeah like i i will i like understated things i don't like loud logos like there's this time and a place for logo mania and i think sometimes it's fun but like if it's your entire personality like and it's you're that flashy like you're overcompensating and also i just feel like people get money fast and then they spend it on stupid stuff and it's like yeah 
invest it or go have an experience, go to tea. invest it. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know? all, yeah. I'm all about that. I'm like, I'll either travel with it or I'll put it and I'll invest it somewhere in a CD or stock or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or I'm going to go out to amazing restaurants. That's my other like, yeah. advice. I love, I love going out to eat. My advice is like, whenever I go on vacation, I'll stay in like the nicest hotel, but then I like won't do shit for like months. I'm like, okay, now I got to re-save. And then when I go on vacation next and I'll go in a really nice hotel and then I'll just come back. Like I, yeah, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. But like, don't you Uh, on your like really bad work days, think about those hotels and like dream about them. And then it just makes the work day a little better to like have that reverie, you know? Cause I do, I have like, Oh my God. Yes. I think about my like favorite hotels all the time, you know? No, me too. Like there's nothing I like more. I always say this. There's nothing I like more than a nice hotel. Like something about it, like just walking into a lobby and feeling like already pampered the second you step foot and then walking into your room and it's just like heaven. Like I, there is nothing, there is nothing better. No better feeling in my mind. That's how I think like people like Mauricio feel every day walking in their home because everything's that set up. You know what I mean? Oh, um, like I, it's so funny. This other, this tech company that I worked at, um, the CEO, he resigned a couple years ago, but my old coworker sent me like a link to his $22 million Atherton home that he and his partner just purchased. And I'm like, what is it like to walk into your home and have it be like a little museum? It's like not really my vibe. It's not very homey. It's, it's literally like the, the type of homes that they sell on Selling Sunset. But I'm like, imagine having that kind of fuck you money where you can just drop $22 million on a home, probably all cash. The property taxes are probably like $100,000 a year, but you can afford that because you can. No, it's crazy. My sister um, was doing some dog walking when she got out of college on the side. And she sent me the listing to this home. And these people had these like very, like I'd never heard of the dog. They were these very scary, like very special dogs. And their house was right on the beach in Florida. And it like, she sent me the listing. It was like a $17 million home. And it literally looked like Tony Stark should live there. And I was like, Caroline, like you need to like bake it into the contract that when you're watching the dogs, you're like watching them at the house instead of at your house. Like, and then I'm going to fly down to Florida and I'm going to help you. (laughs) Totally. That's, that's, um, that's good. Just business acumen period. Yeah. They want to write it in the terms and conditions, write it in the terms and conditions of the contract. Yes. Yes. I concur. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So I know we only have like 15 more minutes, but I do want to get a couple of listener questions in. And one person asks, she's a follower of you as well. As she is with me. And I thought this is kind of a cute question because I rarely get asked questions about myself. And, you know, I just love talking about myself, but what are things that you wish more people knew about you that aren't necessarily to like um, a, a regular eye on your IG? Oh my God. That, that's such a good question. Well, I guess, um, yeah, that's a great question. I guess the only thing that I sometimes feel is like, because I started my account during the pandemic, I was very much like diving into pop culture. But like prior to that, like, I think my account was like literally more of my travel photos. And like, I've been to like North Korea for like a spell. I've, I've done like all these crazy things and travel. I've like trekked through the Himalayas and Nepal. Like at one point I lived as like, a temporarily ordained Buddhist nun. And I like shaved my head. Like I've done all these what? crazy things. I know. I know. I know. That's why Emily and I have a really crazy connection. Cause like, I've definitely yes. been like deep in spirituality, like when I was going through some stuff. And so like, yeah, I guess like 
I like love to travel so, so much. And my account is so much like pop culture and even my TikTok. But sometimes I just want to talk about travel and I, I just do it now. Um, but it's not necessarily my niche. So yeah, I guess that I, I just like travel is one of my biggest passions. Like it really is. And like, not even just like, I want to go to the weirdest places in the world, you know? Um, and so I like, I just if I go in your, so many if I, places. If I go on your Instagram and I go deep, can I see all the, like, are those photos still up there? Yeah. You, if you go really deep, you should be able to find some stuff. And like, I started the account when I was certified to be a meditation teacher. That's why it's the Zen blonde. This, I started this when I was 25, oh. I'm 31 now. So like, okay. it, it didn't even like grow very much. Like I maybe had 7,000 followers and, um, I was literally just teaching meditation and I was using it as like a meditation accountability account that was separate from my like personal account, which I don't even use anymore. And so anyway, that's why like, I feel like people are like, is she like Zen? And I'm like, I am like in my private moments, but like not really online anymore. I feel like I'm like the freaking frenetic blonde, like the kooky blonde, but like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So the genesis of this account is kind of strange. Um, but it was like really more like travel and meditation. So yeah, that's, I guess Wait, the only thing that sometimes. That is so cool. Like, cause you would have, right. Like I, sometimes you have a, your, your Instagram handle has just been there for so long. People just kind of take it at face value. Yeah. And questions, but that actually makes so much sense. And that is such a cool story. I mean, even just the places that you named are insanely amazing. And I'm sure the majority of the population and people that, you know, haven't, if not all of them haven't gone to these places, um, shaving your head. That is so wild. I think that you should like put that to use. Maybe like, I feel like you should create like a, I don't know, like a sub Instagram subscription service. I feel like you have enough followers to do that. Like maybe oh have gosh, like a subscription right? service for like a meditation, something. It's so funny. Cause like now, like I am like, I feel like I did so much meditation and I've, I've done like 40 days of silence. Like I've literally like gone, like just didn't talk for that long. And now like, I feel like everything that I learned in meditation, like stays with me. Like I don't let my emotions hijack me as much. And I, I feel like I'm pretty like baseline calm. I mean, unless somebody pisses me off and just says something stupid on the mm -hmm. internet, um, that's awful. But, um, I like have not taught meditation forever, but yeah, like the travel aspect, I'm like, do people even know like that I do that? I don't know. You know, so that's the only thing that I don't know if people know, but yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll teach meditation again, but I love going to meditation classes. It's very, very relaxing. Yeah. That's such it's a always cool... a, good, a good vibe. And that's good. Like to have in like your arsenal too. Like the world is so crazy now. And I think a lot of us, like I use a meditation app, like I use headspace, but I think it, it's such a good such a good coping skill to have and a tool that you like yeah. if you're certified in that's that's freaking awesome like fuck the yoga teacher training fuck like everything else i'm so <laughs> like, glad that i was like i was just really stressed out by my job in new york and i had to set boundaries with it so i started doing this teacher training to be like i have to leave at x time and you guys can't keep me here all night and mm -hmm. so anyway, um, I'm glad that like at 24, 25, I had my brain doing that when it was still kind of like, we were still having like some of those secondary, uh, like brain development moments, because I think it like, mm -hmm. I think that I could have maybe been a little bit more high strung if I hadn't done all that. <laughs> I would have definitely gained a lot of benefits from doing that at an earlier age like in my 20s I was so scattered and stuff and I mm. I, I, I certainly didn't have all the coping skills that I do that I do now but I feel like that would have been very beneficial for like growing into my 30s 
I got really lucky because there was a studio with all these like luminaries in the space, like Sharon Salzberg and um, the guy that has the 10% happier podcast would come in all the time. Yeah. There were all these like, kind of luminaries in that space that were friends with this guy, Lodro, who ran the space. And like, I got super lucky because they were so good at teaching it that I was able to like adopt it, you know, and it was palatable because sometimes you go to like a Buddhist mm-hmm. center and like they're, they're great, but you don't necessarily have a great teacher or somebody that can like teach beginners and somebody that's really starting out from scratch. So I got really lucky with that space, really, really lucky. But if you have meditation at any point in your life, it, it does make things better. Strangely. I know everyone says that, but like, it actually does. Like truthful. Yeah. I was actually looking into a silent, um, retreat in Bali, like, a uh, it's like Bali silent retreat.com. Like, uh, you should do it. Yeah. Nutritionist I worked with, she, um, actually told me about it years ago and I've always been really interested in, in doing one. I think I might go to Bali next spring with an old coworker of mine. We were talking about it. There's this thing called like goddess retreat in Bali. And it's not like the name is kind of like phony, but like, it seems super cool. Like it's, it's not super cheap, but it's also not super expensive. And you have like unlimited massages. And the reason my friend had found out about it was because her mom, her aunt had done it and she like sung its praises. And I went on the Instagram. It seems legit. So, um, I've always wanted to go to Bali. I was supposed to go in April, 2020, but of course I couldn't. So I canceled that trip. Um, I love Bali. Like I remember like I was like pale in the face leaving New York. I ended up traveling for like 11 months and I, when I got to Bali, like I FaceTime my friend like a day in, he's like, Lauren, like the color has returned to your face. Like you look like yeah. life has been brought back to you. Bali just has this like mother energy. They say you're supposed to like kiss the floor when you go there. Cause it's, they believe the Island's like a goddess. And like, I like low key believe it too. Like Bali's just a very healing place. So I really want you to go. You have to go. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're certainly selling it. I, I was in Thailand in like 2016 and to date, that is by far one of my favorite trips I've ever taken. That's like pro- the best yeah. place ever. The best. It really is. It really is. And I was also younger too, so I didn't have as much money. And I'm like, I want to go back and just, I mean, you don't actually, you don't need really any money to go to Thailand because it's so, the cost of living is so affordable. Um, but I definitely want to go back and like do it again as like an older person, like <laughs> a little bit older to kind of see what benefits I could get. I've done both. Uh, and like yeah. Thailand's definitely where I spent the most time. And like, the older version is really fun, but there, there's nothing quite like the scroungy, like 20 something year old version. That's like poor because like, you just like, you get into all sorts of like hijinks with your like little friends that you meet. No, like, like, oh the my hostels. God. Like, oh my God. I don't know if you indulged in the balloons. I was definitely sucking down those, those balloons with laughing gas in them. I was oh, being yeah. that. I was smoking yeah. cigarettes. I was, you know, meeting tons of Australian boys. I mean, it was a time. It was a time to be alive. Yes, I was never as like never as cool than I as I was in Thailand. Like everyone was obsessed and I was like, "Me? You know, I know everyone's just like nice and good vibes." I met a ton of Canadians too, and like I think that's why I love Canadians cuz like when I was like 22 and when, and like was with all these Canadians, I was like, I just love you guys. Like Canadians (laughs) rock at Emily, at Emily. Yes. (laughs) It's become a whole thing. She's so funny. She, she cracks me up. She always tells me, she goes, did, are you a paid actor? Why are you always laughing? Like, why are you always laughing? uh, (laughs) Saying thinking I'm the funniest person. Are you paid? Did someone hire you to be around me? Emily is so funny. No, Emily is so funny. The things that she 
fucking says i'm just like i it's she's so smart like you have to be actually very smart to be that funny no she is she's so quick too and like she just drops (laughs) these one-liners and you're just like how did you even come up with that no she is actually hilarious no i'm like the funniest person me too no i agree i agree um okay let's see what's okay one more question what are your i'm actually very curious to hear what you have to say about this what are your predictions on either new trends that are like impending and dying trends okay like just trends in general trends in general could be style it could be like shows it could be Hmm. anything i feel like your pulse is very much on like the pop culture sphere yeah well i mean i think that um definitely think bravo is having a moment and like gaining more respect and like getting more ad money and like i think that like reality tv is having a moment but i think that like reality tv where you're not willing to like air out your like genuine problems and entertain us like the kardashians are kind of like dwindling um i think that what what else what else i mean in terms of like trends like well let's talk about the kardashians really quick like yeah I think that there are people have said they're in their flop era and I really expected going into, are you watching this season of the Kardashians? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's like my so, ambient TV. Yeah. I, I really like it. So I know it's not, there's not a lot of action, but I still enjoy uh, watching it. It's like pleasant. It's good. Like hungover TV when you're like laying around on a Sunday. Yes. Totally agree. I was expecting a lot more drama because I think the feedback that they got which they acknowledge was that there are so many things going on in the world that they refuse to show us on screen for instance Astro World was never even mm-hmm. mentioned in season two when it was you know or I think it was season one I forget or you know they just Pete Davidson he wasn't shown or it you know because Pete didn't want to be shown but people were viewers were frustrated because that was such a big storyline and who Kim was for nine months there's just so many things that they're choosing not to share and I think obviously the storyline that's projecting or that's pushing this show along is the Kim versus Courtney drama, which I do find interesting. I think it's like way better than season two was, but it's, yeah, there's a frustration that a lot of people are feeling with the show. And I feel like no matter how much we like to, we love to shit on them or we love to hate them as a society. I'm not saying I necessarily hate them, but I'm just saying we as a society love to shit on them. Do you think they're ever going to decrease in relevancy or do you think just due to the, frankly, just due to the number of children they have, that this oh no continue oh they'll continue on here's the deal i think that they know how to pivot i just think that if they want their show to sustain itself like they are gonna have to give us more and i think that everyone can take a look at bravo and be like okay like the more vulnerable real and like messy it can be in real life it can be like the better the engagement will be and Yes. You know, they're just being eclipsed by reality TV shows where we're seeing actual drama and like the nation is watching and we're having watch parties and like everyone is yes. glued to the story and still obsessed yes. with the story of all the scandal stuff. And so I think that that um, I think that unless you're going to show some semblance of reality and like let your guard down a little bit and let a little bit more out. Like I, I think they'll always be relevant. I just don't know. I think they're they've reached icon status for sure. I just Definitely. don't know if like a TV show is going to be something that can t- 
continues on because we'd rather just hear it in the press because the the press is going to tell us what's actually going on more so than the family, which they're like, you know what? None of us have to be the sacrificial lamb. And if it is, it's going to be over something stupid like fashion where it's like, okay, Courtney, like we get it. Like she copied your wedding. Like, honestly, like people are dying. Kim, people are dying. Right. You know, right. It's like, it's, you have the fashion thing, the fashion gate with Dolce and Gabbana it, what was it? I don't even remember. Season two was so horrible. I don't even remember what the storyline. Oh, it was like the SNL and the Met Gala. It's like, we don't need five different episodes on you, you know, mixing your hair up to be blonde and fitting into the dress. Like, I don't care. We already saw that live in our, in our phones. You know, I don't, I don't also, need to like, see it. That did like terrible damage to Marilyn's dress. And like, I just don't think it was necessary for her to wear that dress. And I know people really shit on her and like, it is what it is, but I was just kind of like, dude, why do you need to like mess with a piece of history? You know, no, if anything, I was like, why are you, why are you even showing us this, that you were like so insistent on wearing her dress? Like just leave Marilyn alone. It almost people, I saw this commentator and I wish I could remember who said it, but like by putting herself into the Maryland dress, she was securing, like you said just now, icon status. Like, you know, I, I am an icon. Awesome. Like, I am of the same caliber, which I would agree she is at this point. She is, like, I mm-hmm. think our generation's Maryland. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think it's, like, she was quite literally physically, like, taking on that icon status and, like, kind of shoving it down our throats. But they, um, they know how to pivot more than anyone. And, like, Kris Jenner is a genius. Like, I wish Kris Jenner could just come in and, like, tell me what to do with my life. Like, and I really do admire her as a businesswoman. Oh, yes. Um, Big time. Like, Female I would love to. Yeah. It's so funny because I did her master class thinking that she would teach me about business. And it was literally like a 60-year-old explaining social media engagement. She's like, you post something and then you see how people respond. And then if they like it, you post more of that content. Like, it was just so funny, the advice she was giving. It was just very, um, very, like, it was just like not what I was expecting or needing from Chris. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, like now Kim is doing American Horror Story. Like, who knows? Maybe Kim will lean more into acting. Like, I think that these people always have really cool and interesting things going on and that Chris will always be helping them pivot and they'll they'll be making more businesses and then the kids are going to be famous and like hopefully the kids will have a reality TV show when they're, you know, adults if that's what they want. But I just don't think that as it stands, this kind of reality TV is going to cut it for people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good point that you bring up about when you have this juxtaposed with like the Scandal and like now the Kyla Mauricio thing. This is what is going to bring us to our TVs. Like, this is what we care about. This is what we're glued to, to be on Reddit, to be on Instagram, to be on TikTok, to unveil all the other secrets that we're not picking up on our television screens. Like, I don't remember, like, the last time I saw, like, insane rhetoric about any Kardashian storyline on the Hulu show. I mean, like, I guess that the, the Dolce & Gabbana thing, but it's not nearly the amount of fervor that we're getting for Scandival. Not even close. And, and like, do you go to sleep and think, fuck Kim for doing that to Courtney. Like you don't like once it's once you're off the show, you're not taking this off the show with you. You're not like obsessing over like, totally. are they following each other? Yes. You know? Good point. Kind of like, like, yes. It, after Scandal, it's all anyone could talk about either whereas, on the screen. Yes. Great point. If we saw the fallout of like Astroworld and like Kylie's reaction, I'd be talking about that after. If I, if I got to know yes. the real deal with like all the Tristan stuff, I'd probably be like F Tristan and like, or Chloe, you know, yeah. she really went there and she gave us a little bit of that. And like, I do feel really bad for Chloe. Like, I feel like Chloe's just like really been through it. Um, 
it, you know, if we got to see Shayna being salty to Courtney and like the different mm-hmm. dynamics there, but oh, they just oh, want to protect that, you know, brand. and seeing Courtney be like, F this chick, like she's the worst or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, but instead no. like part of it is like, just like a commercial for the, their brands too. Yes. We see 818, we see Lemmy, we see Skims, Skims. we see Good American, we see the Dolce & Gabbana collab. No, like we're totally. It's also a commercial at this it point. It is. And every time they'll be like, when Chris was like, oh, I'm wearing Good American jumpsuit. I'm like, huh, I wonder how much that is. Like, I'm also like a product of like the marketing that they're doing, you know, it, it, it yeah. works. Um, no, for sure. I'm like, it's, it's, I was looking at the Lemmy gummies like the other time. I was like, Ooh, maybe I want those. <laughs> <laughs> but like I have the trouble believing that anything they sell is going to be like legitimate just because I feel like Kylie Swim just like made me think like mm, like oh I don't know it's funny you say that I was literally on kyliswim.com yesterday I was like wonder how that's doing like she just hasn't talked about it anymore it's like kind of like oh yeah I forgot that happened like remember like all those like bathing suits were like paper thin and like people like and it's like didn't you have like samples to see like how this is gonna work out you know oh my god that was in like kylie baby oh yeah didn't it like i forget what happened with that but it didn't do well did it no like she has and like kylie cosmetics is so so, like the branding is so 2016 like yes you know like they're it's just not it's all about like charlotte tilbury like the natural glowy dewy look and like Kylie Cosmetics is just like matte. Like my lips coverage. feel dry just thinking about it, you know? No, no, lit. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Like me, I got a Kylie lip kit and it was like not good. Really? It just made I've my never lips had for me. For me, I, I just don't like that matte look because I'm just very dry. Like my face is really dry. But um I, I mean, I think some of it is good, but like, yeah, the it did not look good on me. And to your point. I just feel like the flakes already, you know? Yeah. No, no. I, I like do like a lip scrub every time I do my makeup and I like, I'm a big, like moisturizing girly. So I just don't like, like the matte vibe. I'm like, give me like something like dewy, you know? No, no. Literally matte is, is never my friend. I just, and that just there's another trend answer. Matt has been out and we are dewy, dewy Queens now, but we all know that we all know that. Yeah. So that's not, news. that's not news to anyone. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Kylie has is, is, is is quite um is quite interesting to me i'm just curious what the what the pnl looks like what the balance sheet looks like as an account yeah. like hmm, i wonder how those financials well, are also like shopify runs like that whole business and they have like nine employees so their overhead's not bad but then sometimes oh. i think like do they like again with the skin stuff and like with all the stuff i'm like how are these ingredients like where are they sourcing this are they trying to find the cheapest ingredients and then trying to get as Mark much up like crazy revenue as they can. Yeah. Yep. And that's just kind of my instinct with it. So I feel like Courtney has a bit more integrity because she is such an organic girly that I'm like a part of me wants to try the Lemmy products, but then a part of me is like, I just don't know. You know? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. This the Lemmy. It's funny because actually I was talking to a coworker of mine about this and she's like, go on the Amazon reviews, go on the Amazon reviews. And apparently they're just really bad. Really? Yeah. Well, but... I'm glad I didn't pick them up at Erewhon because I did oh, see Oh, are they selling there. Erewhon? They are. Okay. See, they I would are. like me just based on where it's selling. I would like, oh, I'll, I'll try it. Did you guys or uh, did anyone listening see there's TikToks about nature's Ozempic? It's actually like nature's metformin, but it's called berberine. So I went there to pick some up and actually like it's kind of great. Um, I feel Wait, like it's what like, is it called? 
It's called Berberine. It's B-E-B-E-R-I-N-E. You can go on TikTok and see a bunch of videos about it. There's actually peer-reviewed studies on it, but like it helps with like blood sugar. So if you like, you know, take it before you eat or like after you eat, it's like supposed to like help with blood sugar spikes. And like, I think like in like clinical trials, like people lose an average of like five pounds on it, but, um, it actually like really does help with like insulin resistance and like PCOS and things like that. So they call it nature's ozempic, but it's really more so like nature's metformin. Um, but yeah, anyway, I was there to get berberine. And when I was in the supplement section, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Lemmy. By the way, I got the Thorn brand and it's it's T-H-O-R-N-E. And that's the one that I saw highly recommended. So it's a little bit more expensive, but I think that's the way to go. It's so funny. My, um, she's been on the podcast before, um, Liz, Liz, who's Courtney's assistant. Like I'm friends with her and she does like, she does all the, yeah. Like, have you seen on the, she's always on the show. Um, I feel like I definitely have. Yeah. 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 So at M Liz Muller, but she says like, I mean, she works for Courtney, but she like fucking loves, she loves the gummies. Like she's obsessed. Really? She says they really work. Yeah. So well, the thing is like, when I worked at Goop, like I really liked the supplements. Like they had this vitamin C like drink that I would drink in the morning and like the skincare was excellent. Like, oh my gosh, when I was getting all that for like either a severe discount or free, like oh, it was the best. Like it was the absolute best. And like, I would trust honestly, it for sure. It's all clean beauty and like their Goop kitchen, the food, like when you're in LA, we should get it. They have a Cameron Diaz collab salad right now that you're supposed to drink with the abilene wine so maybe we'll eat that together sometime oh, this summer. oh yeah i want to try abilene uh, is it good i haven't had it actually so maybe we'll try it with the salad because it's supposed to be paired with the salad maybe we'll do a little ticky talky or something but and oh my it, god let's do it i don't know how to that, do wouldn't that be so you'll fun? have to like yeah that you. would be really fun i i'm kind of a wine snob though like i actually have like high a high bar because my mind such a wine freak i have a palate yes. for wine and i'm not snobby about it it's just like i just my mom has always introduced me to really good wine and i'm part of like very good wine clubs now so i'm like my yes. bar and threshold for wine is high so i'm very curious to see what aveline's all about okay well i do not have as a refined palate when it comes to wine so you can tell me the tea yeah. because i I'll i won't you. i won't i won't know you know you're like oh this is I great i'm know. like this is disgusting <laughs> literally that's happened to me with friends before I'm like oh it's fine like and then they're like this is like literally two buck chuck Lauren what are you talking yeah. about and I'm like, I don't know guys it's all a means to an end I'm just trying to get my buzz on <laughs> yes yes well Lauren I want to thank you so much for coming on with me on a holiday it's the fourth of July guys this episode's going to go up in a couple days but this was honestly so much fun I feel like I learned so much I'm so oh happy you like carved out the time to hang out with me. I can't wait for us to hang out in LA, but can you tell my listeners where to find you? Oh my God. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to hang out with you in LA, please. After yes. I get back from New York, let's do that. Um, you can find me at the Zen blonde on Instagram and TikTok, and me and my bestie, John, uh, have a podcast coming out hopefully next yes. month. We're working with like a sound person. So we'll see yes. if it pans out for next month called the girl, the game, the sleigh. And we have an Instagram and we have a TikTok. So you can you can follow us there for updates. But thank you so much for having me on, Christy. You're the yes. best. And I can't wait to I can't wait to properly hang out with you. I know. I'm so excited. And I'm really excited about your podcast. I was talking um to Emily about it and she was like she was just t- talking to Tori and I about it. So I'm really excited for that venture to come out. You're gonna be you're natural on the mic. Oh my God, thank you. As are you, Queen. Well, <laughs> we'll have to have you on to to gossip. 
Thank you, Lauren, so much. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.